are listening to the Unsung Lung Podcast, presented by Alberta Lung. Welcome back to another edition of the Unsung Lung Podcast. Here again with you is me, Jacob Sperling. This is our second episode of 2023, and I am so excited to get into the show and introduce our guest. As you have probably figured out by now, if you are a regular listener, my goal on this podcast is to showcase as many different perspectives as I can. Volunteers at Alberta Lung, practicing physicians, researchers, lung health practitioners, patients, moms of patients, as we heard about last month, and the list goes on and on. My goal is not just to provide you, our listeners, with interesting and helpful information on lung health, it's to do so with particular attention to a variety of guests so that we can gain new perspectives together and understand varying viewpoints. That doesn't change in this month's edition of the show. Today, I'll be interviewing a respiratory therapy student, Her name is Chelsea Manson, and she is currently attending Thompson Rivers University, also known as TRU, in their respiratory therapy fast-track program. We'll get more into what fast-tracking is when we dive into the interview. So Chelsea and I both grew up in St. Albert, a small city north of Edmonton. Funnily enough, we actually lived a block apart as she lived right beside my uncle and aunt's house that is just a two-minute walk from my own house. Our paths didn't really cross as kids and teenagers as we never attended the same schools. I guess you could say we were from different sides of the track, but really the same side from how close we lived to each other. Now I'd say we could be considered acquaintances, but as we get to know each other more professionally, I'm sure we'll become good friends. For those who are longtime listeners of our show, you may recall that we have had a respiratory therapist on the show before. Her name is Ursula Parento, and she gave us a deep dive into all things respiratory therapy and how she helps patients with lung disease recover and maintain their lung health. Today, I am very excited to get into a different perspective, a student who is just entering and learning about the profession. We'll get to hear about Chelsea's interests in medicine and lung health specifically, the program at TRU and the specific route that she'd like to take with her degree once she's done the program. Thank you for listening to this episode today, and remember to visit Alberta Lung's website at www.ablung.ca to learn even more about lung health after the show. But for now, let's get into my chat with Chelsea. It is so great to be sitting down today with you, Chelsea, to talk a little respiratory therapy, uh, specifically respiratory therapy school and everything like that. So I'm I'm very excited. So how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am excellent. It's we were talking weather before we hit the record button, yeah. and it's nicer where Chelsea is. Not not as nice where I am, but that's okay. We both have coffees and and it's warm inside. That's so. good. <laughs> 
good. I made myself a cappuccino before we started. So it's, no, this is tea. This is tea. Excellent. My my brother has gotten me into coffee lately. He got an espresso machine, and it's kind of ruining yes. my life because that's all I do. Um, yeah. So um, before we dive right into the questions, mm-hmm. I minor funny story i had this really cute bit where i was going to go buy a little like lung plushie from the u of a bookstore because i saw it there before and i just kept putting it off and putting it off i was like i don't need that it's fine and i was gonna get it and like make it the podcast mascot and i was gonna get you to name it with me and i went back and they sold out no I literally went to their help desk and I was like, can you guys order another one like express for like two days from now? And they're like, yeah, that's not a thing. We don't, like, we don't I need that, that stuffy. <laughs> I know I will. I'll, I'll have to be on online duty and go find that thing. But yeah, it was cute. so we'll, I'll have to have you on again when you're, uh, mm-hmm. when, when you're graduating, we'll name, Working, we'll name yeah. the new mascot. Yeah, that's awesome. Perfect. So just in diving into our first question, I want to start by getting a sense of what drew you to the medical field in general, and maybe if you can just give our listeners kind of a chance to get to know you, maybe hobbies, interests, what drew you out to Kamloops, that kind of thing. Yeah, so for science and medical, that's always where I excelled. Even in elementary, junior high, high school, I was so into bio, physics, chemistry. I loved science. Social was not my strong suit at all. Um, so I knew I wanted to go down a science route. I did want to do probably doctor was my dream as a kid. So I started with a biology degree and after doing four years of that, I knew I didn't want to do another eight years on top of that. So that's why I kind of came out here. And then BC's always been kind of home to me. My dad actually is born and raised out here. He's lived in so many different places around here. And my family does have a cabin at Christina Lake. So yeah, BC feels like home. It wasn't a huge change for me to come out here at all. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> what, do you, what do you do in between classes then before we dive into the nitty gritty? What, what's, what's some hobbies? So out here, I love fitness. Like that's a great way for me to de-stress. I'm sure lots of people can relate to that. So I try and do at least one small workout, even a walk outside every day. Um. Before moving here, I didn't cook at all. And now I love cooking. It's one of my favorite things, meal prep Sundays. So I love that. And I have so many friends out here now too. It's super easy to actually make friends in my programs. It's a smaller program. We're together all day, every day. So we like to do things together too. Just like even going out for a nice lunch, things like that. Favorite meal to cook, putting you on the spot. I like really basic probably like chicken teriyaki with some rice and veggies that's very fair yeah sometimes yeah. You, you have to like you have to kind of balance the the easiness of the cooking with how good it is and sometimes you, know, don't, right? you don't always want to healthy can't complain yes. of course perfect so we got to know you a bit that's very good so in the intro to this episode um i spoke about the fast track at TRU. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just wondering if you can explain what that is and why it appealed to you more than the program at SAIT. And for those who don't know, SAIT is the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology, which is in Calgary. So that was kind of your, your was it TRU versus SAIT? Those were the, the two main yeah. ones? I yeah. got accepted into both and I actually got accepted into SAIT first. And I was so, so excited that I put my down deposit down on everything. I was so excited. And then I got accepted to TRU second for the fast track program. And so that is basically because I already have a degree, 
I jump into the second year. So there's a few different routes you can do at TRU. You can do a biology. I think it's like a health science degree actually is what it is. So you can kind of do like a dual credit for that. And that would take you three years of school, one year of the practicum. And then you can do a diploma, which is two years of school here. And then one year of the practicum or the fast track route, which is what I did, which is just one year of school here. And then one year practicum. I did have to take three summer courses, which was kind of a grind. I'm not going to lie. This summer I was having fun, not ready for school yet, but I got it done, got through it. Um, But yeah, that was like probably one of the main, main reasons I switched from state to here because it does save me a year, which is, I know not a lot of time, but at the same time, it is a lot of time. So yeah. So is that year that you get to skip, is that mostly course-based because they assume you took a lot of courses in your undergrad to to compensate? Yeah. So you're not missing out on any practicum. Yeah, not at all. So we did send over all the courses that we took. So they like made sure that it was the same. So they would have took, I know they took stats, physics, things, just like very basic courses that I would have done in my undergrad. And I know some kids as well got to skip some classes. Like I had to take pathology last semester but if some students took pathology in their undergrad then they got to skip it which was good for them but yeah very cool yeah I, mm-hmm. I'm thinking to a conversation I had with my friend right now and she's taking calculus and I feel mm-hmm. so bad for her I didn't I completely breezed over not breezed over I didn't have to take any math courses in my undergrad and oh, I, I love loved that, that. yeah Be, I love that being sciencey like is, is math yeah, so comes easy to you or? I love math. Even in high school, I was an AP math kid. So that's kind of like that extra math course I took just because I liked it. I don't know if we can be friends anymore. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I know. that's weird. No, I that's fair. Okay. So, and going on to the next question, I'm wondering if you can give our listeners kind of an outline of what a typical day of a respiratory therapy student looks like. So, is there a lot, and I know it depends on what year you're in, but is there mm-hmm. a lot of classroom time or is it more practical learning or is it a mix? What 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 is your, your day look like now nowadays? Yeah. So like today I woke up, I think I had my alarm set for about seven, left my house at eight. My first class was at 8.30. My two classes today, I had peds first and neonates. And then my second class was applications of respiratory therapy. Both classes were two hours long, so I was in class till 12.30. I had a nice three-hour break, and then my lab is 3.30 to 5.30, and that's like the exact same thing every day, 8.30 to 12.30, and then lab from 3.30 to 5.30. Cool. So the lab is, is that different every day? What does mm-hmm. that look like? So today I had my applications of respiratory therapy, which is really cool. We worked with a whole bunch of different oxygen-delivering devices because different patients are going to require different amounts of oxygens, different flows of oxygens, things like that. So we practice setting each device up. And then tomorrow I'm going to have my mechanical ventilation lab. So I also had that class last semester. It's definitely one of the more challenging classes, but I do find it very, very interesting. There's so many different brands of ventilators that we need to know how to use. So that's when people that are going to be intubated. So people that are not necessarily, but mostly people they're unconscious and can't breathe for themselves. So we need to know all the different modes that these offer. Um, yeah, everything like that, how to set the alarms properly to ensure the patient safety, things like that. And then on Wednesdays, I have anesthesia lab, which I've not had yet. 
So I can't really speak on that. I'm very excited for that class because there is a route, which I'm sure we'll get to later, that you can actually become an anesthesia assistant if you're an RT as well. And then my other lab, what else do I have this semester? Oh, is my pediatric and uh, neonate lab, which I'm very passionate about that. It's very, very cool. We have a little, um, like they're so small, these little premature baby dolls. And we were just practicing doing the basic CPR on them last week, but it was it was really fun. They're very cute. Nice. That's really exciting. One thing that I kind of thought of when you were discussing that, I think this question might be a little bit more course-based. So I'm thinking now to a particular topic that's come up as of late and maybe with more populations and cities and things of that nature growing. So do you have to take any courses where it's like patient ethics and not treating your patient like a number and, and getting to know them? Like what, what does that look like in school? Yeah, we actually have probably like two classes on that. I had two that I would say were very much focused on that last semester. So one was called client-centered education, and that was like the most focused on that. So I know when you're you're sitting in class and it does seem like such basic knowledge, common sense, but there is people out there that are very just by the book and don't have that social interaction. And in that class, we did get to set up fake clinic scenarios just with fellow students, but it was like a great chance for us to even just like speak professionally to a patient, right? Because I've never had that experience before. So that was really good. Um, and yeah, even end of life care was something we talked about in that as well. Like you're going to handle that a lot differently than uh, something else. So we do have classes on that. Very cool. Yeah, we we did a full deep dive into palliative care when mm-hmm. I was working for Alberta Lung. And we had we had a student look into like all different kinds of what kind of care there is, what kind of resources there are for people to look into it. So palliative care is very important. Um, I guess, well, everything is from, from birth yeah, till totally. death, but yeah. So um, kind of back to your courses and your labs, I'll, I'll take whichever one is your favorite. So w- what course or lab is, is the favorite that you've done so far? And I guess why, why is that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So my last semester, I want to say was patient assessment. So unfortunately, like, as RTs, we don't have a lot of actual hands-on patient assessment. That's more going to be the nurses coming in, taking all the vitals and, you know, the doctors, that sort of thing. But it was such a cool class. We learned, yeah, how to take all vitals. We learned how to read an x-ray, how to read an ECG. And we also had a lab associated with that class. So that was fun too. We were looking at actual x-rays. We were looking at an ECG machine and it was a very stressful lab. I'm not going to lie. Like our lab challenges is what they were called. So instead of doing a lab final after each module, we would challenge the module. So basically we walked into a room and there was just an x-ray on the screen and we had to like fully dissect the entire x-ray. So there's a mnemonic they go through for that. And then even with an ECG, you walked into the room and she had an ECG on the screen. You had to say everything that was going on and why, but it was just, it was, I don't know. It was my favorite part. Very cool. I'm thinking of kind of nurse versus RT. Now you got me on that route. Mm-hmm. So, so is there a, a dip? Like, I'm thinking that there's like different levels of nursing. There's um, your LPN, then your RN, then your nurse mm-hmm. practitioner. So mm-hmm. is, is there a level of RT where you can actually prescribe medication or is that not a thing? That's not a thing for us. We advocate for the patient and advocate for drugs really like I, that wasn't our one class it was like say yes to drugs on the board which I thought was hilarious but 
yeah, we don't get to do that, which is unfortunate. Lots of people do confuse us. And I know some people in my class, it is a pet peeve. If someone's like, oh, you're a nurse. It's like, no, we're respiratory therapists. Right. But, is it, do, do a lot of RTs make the jump from RT to RN or even like nurse practitioner? Or is it kind of like you went into this field because you wanted to work in respiratory? Respiratory therapy. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. So I know actually I have a friend who's doing nursing at Red Deer College right now. And she said, it's really, really cool. Like when a patient codes, they call the RTs and the RTs are the ones running in, making sure we can get them breathing again, really. And the nurses are the ones that step aside in that situation. I do know nurses go through vents and they do know how to use it because there is some hospitals where RTs aren't a thing. Smaller towns, the nurses are going to be the ones delivering oxygen and things like that. So they do learn it, but we're just a little deeper into it, a little more specialized, especially for severe cases. We deal with all COPD. ARDS, asthma, things like that. Right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That thanks for the clarification. So yeah. yeah. So so before our interview today, you told me that you actually took a career quiz, uh, career yeah. quiz, and respiratory therapist was one of the options that came up for you. So I'm wondering if this was something that caught your eye first, or there were like a bunch of other options that you were kind of looking down other avenues, or how how did that go? Okay, yeah. So I actually Originally, I wanted to become a physician's assistant, so I applied to start it last year. Unfortunately, I guess my resume wasn't good enough for that. I worked all of last year, which was honestly amazing. It was enough to like save up and be stable right now. Um, and then there was another thing on the career quiz, too. It was an athletic therapist. So I actually applied to a few places for that and got in as well. But I liked the career growth with respiratory therapists a little more because I saw that the anesthesia assistant was an option. There's also a perfusionist. So you work for a year or however many hours, and then you can do that through TRU, which was another main reason I liked TRU over SAIT. Um, yeah, that's kind of like the main thing, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So I, I was gonna ask you this later, but I'm very, not confu- confused in the right word, curious as to what a perfusionist per- Perfusionist, perfusionist. How yeah, do you perf- perfusionist. What what is that? <laughs> they are the ones that keep the heart alive in any sort of surgery. So it's a very apparently stressful job. You do get paid for your stress. I know they do get compensated well compared to even respiratory therapists. Uh, but I've heard it's a stressful job. Is that? I'm just like that seems more cardiac. How is that tied mm-hmm. to respiratory? Is it? We do a lot with respiratory because, you know, the like oxygenation to the heart and the lungs, like that is like where your body's getting your oxygen CO2 and it like has to do with the heart and everything. And then different heart patterns are going to affect your breathing, vice versa. Your breathing is going to affect your heart. So it's, they're very like, yeah, coincided. Yeah. We always talk about that on the show and I try to get different perspectives. It's, Mm -hmm. it's never just like the respiratory system or your lungs it's all connected right it's so. all connected and even actually like it was very interesting i didn't even think of this but if someone comes in and is severely constipated that's going to affect their breathing that's going to push up on their diaphragm and they're going to not be able to breathe as well and it's just something you would never consider but we had to learn every single gi i remember learning it i was like why am i learning all these gi diseases but it affects it 
I definitely haven't thought of that before. That's right? that's, that's very Fun interesting. <laughs> Fun fact. Fun fact Friday, even though it's mon- mon- Monday. Yeah, it's nobody, Monday. Knows. nobody knows it's Monday. Um, yeah, that's very interesting. So you you also mentioned like we were just talking about and throughout the show we've we've mentioned that there's different career routes that mm-hmm. respiratory therapy can take you and can take a student in and these include anything like acute care prenatal home oxygen sleep clinics anesthesia mm-hmm. assistant like you said or the perfusionist so i'm just wondering if you're leaning any one way which ones are more interesting to you um yeah but uh, yeah. do you have like your 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 eye set on one I definitely want to end in a sleep clinic. A sleep clinic is Monday to Friday, nine to five, not stressful. I don't think I want to start there just because I'm not going to say it's a more boring job, but it is a tad more uneventful compared to the ICU. In the ICU though, you're working 12 hour shifts, four on, four off, seven to seven. So it is definitely like a younger person job, which is another reason I do love the healthcare field because you're on your feet. It's something new and challenging every day. You're not sitting at a desk all day. Um, but I do I want to start, get some experience in the ICU and then probably do a sleep clinic, I'm thinking. And I am like starting my pediatric and neonate class this semester. And that's been very, very interesting to me. So I do think I would even work with peds. I have heard though, for people listening, you might lose your adult skills. Like if you work with the kids for too long, you're going to like totally lose your adult skills. Cause it's like totally different bodies, totally different therapies, but I do want to work with kids too. Do you just go around like after you move on like with baby talk to your, to your adult yeah, patients? Yeah, like, you're just like, I, I don't even know. <laughs> That'd be so embarrassing too. Ah. That would be, that's funny that you mentioned that actually I've, I've spoken about like the nine to five with a lot of friends mm-hmm. lately. And I'm like, an 80 year old man and I'm the exact same as you I want a nine to five so I'm pursuing not not to make this about me but I'm pursuing public law instead of private because you can do that nine to five you don't have to do the the super long weird seven to seven days but honestly I I would love it and having your weekends off so growing up and, and literally until I moved here I've always served so I've always worked evenings and worked weekends and I honestly would love a life where I have weekends off and yeah I can't wait. <laughs> it's the it's the goal. It's the dream. So <laughs> what one of the specific ones that that is mentioned here is acute care. I don't even know what that is. I'm wondering if you can explain what that is. Um, so it's kind of so it's like the ICU. It's someone comes in and they just need to be in the hospital for a few days. So you're okay. not like long term and it's not just a merge. It's yeah, you're there for a few days and maybe waiting surgery, seeing how the treatment is. Yeah and being checked on constantly yeah so so i'm thinking of something i think maybe with respiratory therapy we think always like chronic long care long term Mm -hmm. care like copd and things of that nature maybe even um cystic fibrosis Mm -hmm. would you ever so if you were in the icu would you deal with i'm just like top my head here if someone had come into the ICU because or like emergency because they had uh they were in a serious accident maybe not an accident like a, a serious crime I'll go to and they were stabbed in the lung would you deal with yeah. something like that or would that be totally. like nurses for, yeah yeah like the actual medical term for that is a pneumothorax because 
there's like air escaping your lung or going into your lung, depending on what's happening. So we totally deal with that. Even an accident that you brought up with facial malformations, we're going to be the ones making sure they're still being able to breathe with this deformity. Like you might not be able to, right? So that's why we would step in, make sure oxygen is still getting to your lungs. And then even just for like an example for an acute care is like someone with asthma comes in with an exacerbation. And apparently our profs have told us that is the most scariest thing to deal with because people with asthma, their um, esophagus and trachea can get like the size of a pin and they can't breathe and you can't get anything down there because it's so small. No tube is going to fit down there. And that's the scariest thing we'll probably have to deal with. Yeah, we, we, we do this experiment at Alberta Lung. When we go to schools, we bring a coffee stir stick and we tell people like only take a couple breaths through this. We don't want you passing out, but this is what it feels like to have long-term like it, like end stage COPD or when you're having an asthma attack, right? You can't breathe. So how, how would you walk up and down the stairs? How would you do your laundry when you're just focused on breathing? And we try to get that through people's minds that it's respiratory illnesses are kind of they're they're very common and they're scary but people just breeze over them because they think you can still breathe you're, you're good very scary just, yeah. just throw an oxygen max mask on <laughs> and it'll be okay but you're still like gasping for air that that oxygen is just keeping you alive it's not getting rid of the feeling that you aren't getting enough air into your lungs yeah. right yeah yeah or even like an underlying condition that is causing it like it could be like infection inflammation that's causing that but you throw oxygen on and all of a sudden oh like their stats are coming up like all's good but no like there's still this underlying cause yeah for sure very interesting so kind of going away from lung health just for a second and mm-hmm. i'm curious about what it's like for you at tru the student experience everything like that so my dad and i we have this weird thing where we go whenever we're, we're fans of the CFL. So sometimes we fall around our home team and uh, he worked at U of A before he retired. So we'll go and with his contacts, we'll stay on campus and we'll just get like a feeling what, what the amenities are like and, and just what the campus life is like. So weird aside there, <laughs> um, I'm wondering <laughs> what TRU is like for you and what it's like being a student in Kamloops. Honestly, I really love it. And I know Kamloops is kind of small town. I had some negative assumptions moving here just because I do love the city, but the scenery is beautiful. Um, If you're looking for like a cocktail night, there's not many, many options. We have like Earl's, we have a few locally owned places. There is one bar here too in Kamloops that we go to sometimes. We're busy as RTs. And then even on campus, like the orientation day was great. I had so much fun. I met so many people that I still continue to talk to. They're not an RT, so it's nice to have friends outside the program as well. Our campus, I love the campus. It's beautiful too. Like there's so many beautiful views. The trees are amazing. All the buildings are new. We don't have a gym. There is like, it's called TCC, but it's a community gym. We get a discount there. Um, but other than that, yeah. Do you have any like specific questions about campus? I'm trying to think. I'll I'll, I'll mull it over. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of what I loved even at U of A. And I loved the gym. Yeah. Even like study spots. There's so many great study spots, quiet study spots. Lots of private rooms you can book out that we do. And we always study together, which is amazing. 
Yeah, nice. everything's fairly close walking distance. Yeah. Nice. So how big do so at my school right now we call it a cohort. I'm not sure what you guys call it, uh, but ours is about 60 people. Is yours comparable to that or? I would say ours is 75. Okay. So that like you're with that same 75 kind of all day, every day, same lab, same courses. So you can develop a little community with them kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, and then does your school go from like typical undergraduate, like September and end in April or are you longer, shorter? So I have to do my summer classes, which I started in May. Then we started September, yeah, September to April. We have May off, and then I jump into clinical for June. And my first session goes until November, and then my second session starts in December and goes until April. And then I'm done. Yeah. Super fast. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask you. Do you get to be in Kamloops during the summer? Because I'd imagine that's probably a lot nicer than in the winter. Even when I moved here, um, I guess I moved here August 29th was the day and it was so gorgeous. And we walked down by the river and people were like on the beach. It'll be nice to yeah be here when it's warm. I might come home for May, see my family and friends, but we'll see. Nice. Yeah, that's super exciting. Um, so you mentioned clinical. I guess I'll, I'll slip in another question here. Mm-hmm. Is that is that essentially practicum or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll save that then. Cause I have a question in yeah. just, just a second. So, but that's what I was wondering. So back to your courses a little bit and, and school more generally and lung health, because we can't stray too far from that. Um, so being a fast track program, do you find that it's more intensive and stressful than your undergraduate? But I guess since we've been talking, it's just like, you're jumping into to the regular program with everyone else. You just got to skip a year. Yeah. So I got a skip year. I had to do my summer classes. And then I also did have an extra lab last semester. Um, I would say one, if you're in the diploma route, even if you did the first year, this is way, way, way more stressful than my undergrad. Um, Even with fast tracking just itself, I felt behind other students. They'd already taken Uh, mechanical ventilation and they were like talking about all these things and I had no idea and then even yeah even throughout there was certain things that we didn't get to learn that they had already learned they were talking about and I was like I had never seen that in my life but I do think it was worth it and worth the extra little grind I finished really well overall last semester so I can't complain it wasn't like it put me to disadvantage at all even though it kind of feels like you are but then even in my lab today with working with all of these little oxygen therapy devices, I actually got to touch on those in my fast track lab, whereas everyone I was working with hadn't seen it since first year. So I'd had more recent exposure to it. So it was kind of like a give and take win lose type of scenario. Yeah, that's fair. So uh, you were mentioning that you got good grades. Congratulations. That's that's exciting. Do I know it, it totally depends. Like sometimes in some programs, it's like, I got in grades don't matter. I just have to pass. Is that same? Or like, do, do places look at your grades for hiring? Here's the thing. I, I've heard <laughs> that places don't look at your grades because you finished your diploma, you have it. And even I've heard for things like anesthesia assistant and perfusionist, they look more at your performance in your clinical setting versus your grades. But this program is so competitive and even talking, my dad's cousin lives here and he's a counselor 
And he said the RT program was one of the most competitive programs at TRU. So yeah, we all want to be the top of the class, definitely. <laughs> but yeah. That's fair. It, it seems that I, I don't know if this is a recent thing or if it's always been this way, but programs like I'm thinking back in Edmonton, like uh, Nate, um, mm-hmm. e- like X-ray tech and ultrasound tech, all of these like medical, I don't want to say trades, but it's more like hands-on yeah. stuff, right? they're blowing up and it's almost more hard to get into these than it is to get into medical school or law school. And, and for good reason, they're, they're obviously needed and they're incredibly interesting. So it makes sense. And same thing, kind of like what I was telling you earlier, it's a quick two year thing and then you're working and you're doing something you're passionate about and you love and enjoy every day. Great. Yeah. You're not in that 12 year of school after being in 12 years from grade one to grade 12 you don't need to double that that's very it's too much I would say but I mean we do need doctors but we do need doctors too it's true but yeah for me personally I'm very happy with the route I've gone yeah of course so uh jumping back into the practicum uh aspect into the clinical one that we were just talking about you mentioned that the practicum or slash clinical options Mm -hmm. You like them better at TRU compared to SAIT, the other school that you got accepted to. So what were these options? How did they differ? Why was TRU better than SAIT? I feel like we're providing SAIT like, like what, what to do better on. <laughs> so you can attract more maybe people. Maybe they'll listen. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to them. Maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe they'll, they'll subscribe. <laughs> so yeah. what, 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 what were the benefits at TRU compared to SAIT for the practicum options? So there is pros and cons. So with say you were just in Calgary, obviously with tier U, I have so many options. So we haven't actually even chosen our sites yet. I'm choosing them in February, but my options right now are Vancouver, all the hospitals there, BGH, uh, St. Paul, if anyone knows I can go to like Abbotsford and then I go to Victoria and do both the hospitals there. I could do Kelowna. I can stay here in Kamloops or I could head up to Prince George. So I personally love to travel and I love to experience new cities, new things. I like to explore. So that that was like so exciting to give me a chance to live in a new city for six months. I really want Vancouver, which I know we get to go through Vancouver because that is where the kids hospital is. So every single student will have to do one rotation in Vancouver. And then I really want Victoria as well, just to experience the island life there However, this is going to be a lot more expensive than SAIT's options are. But for me, it was a very exciting, a very intriguing option. I was going to say, are you excited to be completely broken? Oh, no, I know. It's going to be, yeah, a lot. I'm still waiting for the student loans to come in this semester. So, yeah. So, So you mentioned that the... Like the sites are better in TRU. Is there an actual like objective difference in the practicum, not settings, but like in, why can't I think of the word and like how they're actually different or is it the same? Like at SAIT, you'd be doing hospital work at TRU, you'd be doing the exact same hospital work and it's just the settings that are different or is it actually like you get more opportunities at TRU? Um, I would say that the same. It's funny. We were actually talking in lab today, comparing state and TRU. And from what I've heard, TRU is the number one school for academics, but state actually has students that are more ready for clinical. So take that as you will. But yeah. 
yeah, everything's pros and cons, right? If you're if you're a better academic school, your your labs might be lacking a little bit, but yeah, it's just apparently even state has yeah brand new lab. Our RT building is very old. I will say that <laughs> our equipment is quite old, but I don't know. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, of course. So that's amazing. So I I think I'm just wondering like what would be I don't know why I, I want to know this, but what would be your pitch for someone to come to TRU? Like what, what is like the base level? Why, why TRU and not some other respiratory therapy school in Canada? I know it's a hard one. It's a, it's general and it's random, one. but I'm curious. Like, I think at, at the base level, I'm just wondering like, why, why is it so great in your eyes? Like mm-hmm. generally. Okay, for me, my entire experience has just been very great. Um, moving from Alberta to BC was amazing. I got to experience so many new things, like living on my own, cooking for myself, having to clean for myself, even doing laundry. I actually have to go upstairs. I'm in a basement, so we have to go upstairs, upstairs neighbors. So that was great. I know if you're from BC, Kamloops and TRU is probably not the ideal place to go. But coming from Alberta, it was very cool. TRU apparently is also cheaper than a lot of schools because it is a smaller university. Um, probably, yeah, probably trying to draw people here. The rental market in Kamloops is not very good. I can tell you that. It was very hard to find a place. And it's expensive here too, if you can believe that. But yeah, I don't know. And the profs are very personable. I think if you want, yeah, a connection with your profs, great for that here because our profs run the labs as well. It's not TAs that are running it. So you get that one-on-one time with your prof. Mm, what else is a really good thing? Yeah, even just like campus is beautiful. Study locations are great. You don't ever have to worry about that. I think I'll, I'll jump in so you're not... You're not yeah, I was thinking. Bur- <laughs> so... Uh, uh, one one question I had from earlier that I totally forgot to ask, but kind of comparing your undergrad to your time now at TRU, uh, being a bio major, uh, did you have like what? What's the comparison between like labs you took in bio versus versus now? Like, were you prepared to be to for it to be extremely hands on at TRU and in being an RT student, or, or like is it comparable? Yeah. Is it much different or? I definitely felt prepared and it is comparable. However, I feel the labs with TRU are a lot more relevant. When I was in my undergrad, I felt some of my labs were not irrelevant and a waste of my time, but I was kind of like, how is this really drawing in? Whereas what we learn in class is what we're going to be doing in the real life. And what we're learning in lab, again, is what we're doing in the real life job scenario. So when I'm in lab, I'm fully focused and in class too, fully focused, fully paying attention, making sure I'm learning everything and I understand everything, why I'm doing things these way, because that's what I'm going to be doing a few years down the road. So that was kind of, that's like the main difference for me. Cause even now, when I think back to my labs in undergrad, I wasn't, I wasn't fully present 24 seven. So I totally get that as, <laughs> as undergrad science students uh, hanging out with a lot of them, like 
basic level chems just like why am what do i need this for it's kind of like when you're in high school and you're doing trigonometry or yeah. or something like that you're like i'm never gonna use this just teach mm -hmm. me how to do my taxes and i'll be on my way <laughs> like we need to yeah. reassess what we're all doing here so yeah very interesting okay so i think I th thank you so much for being here today and i think we'll we'll kind of wrap up with a general overarching question so i'm wondering what advice you'd give to our maybe younger listeners or listeners who are looking to redefine their career paths um so that those people who are considering medicine a career in medicine but like yourself they just want to jump into the work field faster than you could by attending full-on medical school so what is the thought process of determining what program or route to practice medicine is best for each individual yeah i would say research everything no growth opportunities in each job like that was a huge draw for rt for me over the athletic therapy um and even because coming straight out of high school me and my friend group we all wanted to go to university so that's what i did i didn't even consider nate or sate or a trade school like that but like you said earlier too the x-ray tech ultrasound things like that there's so many options out there that i didn't even consider so definitely like take your time and go through and Find what you're passionate about. And there was one other thing I want to say on that. Yeah, even like with RT, there's so many options, like I was saying. Um, you can do the home oxygen, which is completely different than what you're going to be doing in the hospital. And then even I was super interested in that physician's assistant, like I said earlier, and I liked that as well because of the many options that would offer. I could have been a physician, a physician's assistant to a dermatologist, to an ER doctor, so just if you're into something that gives you many options, I like that. If you're someone that is happy with growing in one area, then look into something else. Yeah, I would just make sure you do your research. Yeah, for sure. That's really good advice. Perfect. Okay, I think that's pretty much all we have today. I can't think of anything else unless you have any last minute tips or tricks with getting into into a top rated school for respiratory therapy in the country. I'm not going to put you on the spot like that, but <laughs> uh, maybe a volunteer. That's always good to have on your resume. I would definitely say that. And yeah, that'd be like a big thing. Yeah. Volunteering is a, a huge thing. I, I know that for a fact. Ugh, mm -hmm. So much volunteering. <laughs> oh yeah. Even look at you now. I'm sure this is great for your resume. It's, it's okay. It's not bad. <laughs> I, I know I, I, I enjoy doing this for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing getting to hear all different stories and, and just kind of connecting different things. I, I love the kind of like the underlying, um, not motif, but like just idea of how all the bodily systems are connected and how that seems to come up in every single episode I do, even though I don't try That's to, so cool. That's it, so cool. it just comes up. And I, I think it's interesting to talk about and kind of remember and just like i guess just treat treat yourself well if you have if you have a lung disease and you're listening to this even if it's not specifically on what if the episode isn't on what you're suffering with just take from it that mm -hmm. you could you could still get something from each episode and that you could treat your body right you can exercise to whatever limit that you can uh, and and just diet and and keep your stress levels down again if you can i know there's hard. it's hard to do that without like sociocultural everything that's going on these days and how competitive job markets are and everything like that but yeah it all everything's connected and i think that's very interesting and 
And yeah, so I think that's pretty much it for today. So I, I just want to thank you, Chelsea, again, for, for coming on our show and giving us a different perspective on what being a respiratory therapy student is like. It, it was really amazing. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was fun chatting. Yeah, of course. Maybe we'll have to have you after you graduate and we'll see what route, what route you took. <laughs> Maybe I'll be telling it. no one do it. It's so stressful. We'll see. <laughs> Nobody get up to the, I won't have you on the podcast if that's what your thing is. Don't go into no, lung health. I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So I think with that, I'll just send us right through to the outro. Okay, I do have to say that was an incredibly interesting episode. So once again, a massive thank you to Chelsea for being on the show. I think she hit us with some of the most technical info that we've ever heard yet, talking about the different instruments that she gets to use in her labs, and all of the respiratory therapy jargon is just super cool. So as we always do at the end of the show, just my concluding points before we wrap up the episode. So my first is about all the different routes that a respiratory therapy student can take, including acute care, sleep clinics, supplemental oxygen, pediatrics, uh, anesthesia assistant, anything like that. So it's just, it's really cool to know that you're not, I guess, kind of pigeonholed into one thing and it's just, you're doing lungs and that's it. It's kind of set in stone. This is what you're doing. It, it, you, I mean, obviously you are focusing on lungs, but it's so many different things about lungs that you can kind of uh, specify on or, or become an expert in, which is really interesting. So I think if there's anybody out there who's thinking of becoming a, respirator, a respiratory therapist, really keep that in mind that the, the, the field is so wide and it's expanding and research is changing and it, it, it's incredible to think what what jobs will be needed next in the field of respir- respiratory therapy and I really hope that even just one person listening to this episode can take from that and maybe take a step further in their journey in becoming an RT. Another point that intrigued me was Chelsea saying how RTs are different than nurses in that They don't prescribe medications, but instead they advocate for their patients to nurses and doctors for specific treatments that they believe that they need. So I think this goes back to everything we've talked about uh, for the the past couple episodes, actually being an advocate for yourself if you have a lung disease, being an advocate for those who can't speak up for themselves, like in the episode with Gina, it, it, it all ties back into that, into while our healthcare system is an incredible one in Canada. It is, and it, it, it is, it can be, it oftentimes is overwhelmed and we need to advocate for ourselves, for people who can't speak up for themselves, like family and friends. And and now Chelsea let us know that there's, there's actually people in the medical field who are advocating for patients so that we don't always have to, so that we as ourselves, we as friends and family of people who have lung disease don't have to do that. So it's really good to know that there's people in the field who are doing that advocate work when when maybe some people don't have anybody to rely on. So I, I think it's incredible to know that there's those people out there. I didn't know, maybe I guess I should have known that, that RTs are more so advocates than, than any other kind of profession. Uh, in, in the medical field, there's obviously other people who are advocates, but in terms of the nurses and doctors who are incredibly stressed and busy all of the time, it's good to know that there are people, again, respiratory therapists, 
who stick up for patients who need them. My final concluding point is one that has come up in so many of our episodes, and that is just about the connection of all the different bodily systems. We forget that without the heart and the cardiac system, that fresh oxygenated blood wouldn't be able to travel from the lungs to the rest of the body. I find it, I, I found it kind of funny how I was confused when Chelsea was talking about the cardiac system, and I was confused just about how that related to the respiratory system, but obviously it's very related, as we all know, and we've learned on this show, every system in the body is connected. So um, it was incredibly interesting when she was talking about how she had to learn about GI diseases, because if a person comes into to see her and they're constipated, that can push up on your diaphragm, and that leads to shallower breathing. So just... As we've talked about time and time and time again, every body system is interconnected and we have to take care of our entire body systems. If you're listening to the show and you have a lung disease, don't just focus on the lung disease. Focus on your mental health, focus on your your, your GI, your stomach, focus on eating properly, focus on, like I said in the show, exercising to the limit that you obviously can, don't go overboard whether that's a walk, if you can even do that, or just just getting outside a little bit, it all helps. So yeah, that, that's my final concluding point. Um, I, th- I think it, it's incredible that, that the recurring topic always comes up, but it's interesting and it has to be known that all of our body systems are connected and treat everyone as best as you can, especially if one is, is lacking. Not maybe not lacking, but if one of them you have a disease in, and specifically lung disease, like we talk about on this show. All right, well, that will just about do it for this edition of the Unsung Lung Podcast. As a little announcement, Alberta Lung just recently launched our brand new website. I think it looks absolutely incredible. The color palette is so great, and it's easy to find anything from information about specific lung diseases the many programs that we run through donations from amazing people like you. So please take a stroll down to www.ablung.ca the next time you're surfing the internet and explore our brand new site. Okay, so we got schooled by an RT student. I told you about our new website. I think the only thing left is to leave you with our motto. Just remember 